In a time where parents have the weight of a thousand decisions on their shoulders and every step is like walking in quicksand, adventure's probably not in your focus. However, research shows families who adventure are more resilient and have significantly healthier minds and bodies. The purpose of this podcast is to help families connect through simple and authentic adventure experiences. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa, your online community designed to help you connect, reach your summit, and create meaningful adventure experiences with your family. Hello and welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. I'm your host, Heidi Dusick. Welcome to December. Here we are, folks, <laughs> wrapping up 2021 with our final 31 days. And I have to admit, I feel off. Things feel really off in my life. And I'll be honest, I'm struggling to get back on the mic after a little bit of time away. And I was avoiding it. I wanted to be like, now, do I really have to do it this week? You do. Because that's what adventure is. It's getting out and doing the things, even when you don't feel like you're great, even when you feel like you're not in the mood. Sometimes we just need to do the thing. And I was kind of scrolling today and I came across this quote and I was like, shoot, I do need to do the thing. So I'll read this quote really quick. A candle unused is nothing but wax in a wick. May you have the courage to light the flame, knowing it may burn out rather than forever sit in darkness. And I thought, oh boy, I need to go light the flame. So I'm trying really hard to light the flame. I know I'm a little off. I am also gearing up. Tomorrow is a big workshop day for me. Gosh, a couple of years ago, it started out as professional development. And now I look forward to it almost as personal development because it is such a influential workshop really in my life. It's called The Best Year Yet. If you want more information, feel free. I can connect you. It has truly given me a framework, a sense, permission, I don't know, whatever word you can like fill in the blank there to start dreaming about what I want this next year to look like and set the intentions and then create the structure to help hold me accountable to those things and to measure progress and work through limiting beliefs to help see myself in a future role that I might not see myself in today. So again, Super excited. And if that is something you're interested in, let me know. Shoot me an email, Heidi at OrdinarySherpa.com, and I can connect you to our facilitators. It's been one of the things for the last three years that I commit to for myself. It's good for me professionally, but it's very good for me personally as well. I also am excited, though, for this episode because this is, let me back up just a second. When I was really just launching this show, I didn't want it to be the epic things. And I've talked about this quite a bit, that I wanted it to be really relatable. And the word ordinary is intentional. And it's funny because people say all the time, like, oh, you're doing extraordinary things. I'm like, no, really, we're just ordinary. These are accessible to everybody. But people don't always step into them and believe that they're ordinary things. So I wanted to make sure that the guests that I had on were also very relatable, that they were ordinary people. And so today's guest is actually one that my husband suggested. And you'll see why in just a second. It was someone that, you know, as we were having this conversation about starting it and who might be on the show, he helped me think of who are families who are just ordinary everyday families that are doing adventurous things. And so with that, I'm pretty excited to introduce you to our guest today. 
Our guest today indirectly thrust our family into mountain biking and single track trails. It was her enthusiasm that actually inspired my husband to dig into the sport and learn more about it. I mentioned several times my husband, Mr. Dusick, has been a teacher for the past 20 years, and this student was someone who intrigued him. When I began this podcast over a year ago, we were driving across the state and brainstorming who are adventurous families that we'd love to have conversations with, and my husband mentioned the McDicken family. Katie McDicken has been mountain biking since she was seven years old and was not excited about sitting on the sidelines watching her brother race. She quickly immersed herself into the competitive world of mountain biking and later transitioned into cyclocross. Today, she is a sophomore at Marion University in Indiana, where she competes on the cyclocross team and studies mechanical engineering and mathematics. Katie McDicken, I am so excited to have this conversation today. Welcome to Ordinary Sherpa. Thank you so much for having me. So take me back to that seven-year-old Katie who is experiencing mountain biking for the first time. What was that experience like or what do you remember about that? I remember it being like pretty fun, but I had never really done anything like it before. Growing up, I played like soccer and everything like that. And my brother started mountain biking. So I decided to kind of go with him. And it was just a really cool experience. You've got quite a few years behind you now. Yeah. What makes mountain biking different than the other sports you've been in? Mountain biking is an individual sport, but it's also a team sport, which is something I like about it because you have your team supporting you, but it's also like your result that you get at the end of the day. It's very different because mountain bike races are up to an hour and a half long. So it's very long and you don't get any breaks, but it's also very rewarding. Yeah. I had seen a video and someone was describing it and I was like, oh, that's such a good metaphor for life. The trails are rough and tough. And the only way you really get to get through it is by pedaling harder. Like there's no Mm -hmm. engine to get you through. You can't step on the gas. You know, you really have to just do the work. Exactly. You've had some struggles. You've had some rough terrain, so to speak, to work towards. What are some of the challenges or things you've had to work through, even just being a female in the sport? Yeah, there's definitely struggles within this sport whether it's mentally or physically, as like you said, the terrain is very rough. And especially racing for so long, it's a lot on your body. But being a female in this sport, you're surrounded by many males because the male to female ratio is not great. There's a lot more men. (laughs) Yeah. And so growing up, I was the only girl on my team. And it really shaped me like how I am because most of my friends now are male, actually. And I'm in engineering, which is mostly male in that aspect as well. Yeah. But it is nice when you have girls in the sport with you because you bond over just being a female in mountain biking. We mentioned in the introduction that you're now doing cyclocross. What is the difference between mountain biking and cyclocross? So what's cool about Marion is we actually have five disciplines of cycling. So mountain biking is, like I said, an hour and a half just in the woods, racing on trails and up hills, and then cyclocross is shorter and more intense. So cyclocross, you're on a road bike, but with treaded tires, like that's what a cyclocross bike, it's more similar to a road bike than a mountain bike. And you're on grass and dirt and sand and you're riding like a shorter lap. So it's about a one to two mile lap. And you have to like go over barriers as well, like obstacles. So you can run upstairs, run over barriers. You can even run up hills if it's too steep or muddy to ride. Nice. I am imagining 
like I'm trying to picture myself at a mm-hmm. race. <laughs> so I'm assuming like spectator wise with cyclocross, is everything kind of contained into a smaller area or is it still out and about all over the place? Cyclocross races usually take place in parks. Okay. So it's much more confined to a smaller space than mountain biking because you can be out for a lap for like 30 to 45 minutes where you'll only see like riders once where in cyclocross you can see them a bunch of times. Okay. Yeah. We were at a dirt biking event and I remember watching. So I think we were watching like a six and an eight year old on dirt bikes. And I was just like, you just like let them go off into mm-hmm. the woods, huh? <laughs> Get it? And I suppose that's probably how mountain biking is in comparison to cyclocross. You would just kind of send them off on the trails through the woods, like you said, with mountain biking, whereas cyclocross, it's a little bit more visible. Yes. Cyclocross is a lot more visible. And like when I first started mountain biking, my mom was a lot more nervous for me to start racing than my dad was because I started racing when I was eight years old. So she would kind of just see me at the start line, like wish me luck. And then I would be gone in the woods for an hour and I'd somehow come back. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. Is it? I'm thinking now is your mom, right? There's so many things that could happen. Um, yeah. <laughs> did you ever hurt, fall or get hurt or have any injuries or anything like that along the way? Yeah, along like the past 12 years, I've definitely fallen off my bike <laughs> many times. One of the most, like the worst injuries, I guess, is when I fractured my elbow. And how long of a recovery was that? Or how? what does that look like when you're out in the woods? Like, are there people there to help you? Well, I was at a junior mountain bike camp when it happened. So I was with a group of people. There's jumps in the trail and someone had fallen in front of me. So someone was at the top of the jump yelling at us to stop. And I slammed my brakes and my bike stopped, but I did not. So I continued over the jump and actually landed on top of the kid that fell before me. So thankfully I had like my brother was there and I had a couple teammates there to make sure I was okay. Are your parents into this? How did you, I, I'm just thinking too, your your family's got to be pretty well versed or like mountain biking to have stuck with it for this long. Did your parents mountain bike along the way? Is that kind of what got you into it or was it really just your brother's interest? Yeah, most people assume that my parents started mountain biking and that's why I got into it because that's like the natural way, I guess. But my brother's friend in middle school, like his dad was into biking, so he was biking. And then he told my brother about it. And my brother was like, yeah, like, I'll try it. So he went out for a weekend. And of course, as a family, we all went together to go see what it was about. And he really enjoyed it. I mean, at first, it was very hard. I think he said he wanted to puke after the first race. But he actually really liked it. So he continued going to the local races. And then since I was there, I kind of hopped into it as well. And after a few years, my dad was like, well, if I'm here and I'm riding, he's like, I might as well start racing too. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So your mom doesn't race? My mom does not race, but she loves coming to races and cheering us on and taking photos. Yeah. I bet you've got some great photos throughout the years. Yes. That's fun. That's awesome. Here, I'm assuming you travel because of the competitions, but when do you do travel? Do you take your bike and how does that work? Yeah. So during the summer, I mean, your a mountain bike season can look however you want it to be. At first, when I was younger, we stayed mostly locally. Wisconsin has a great mountain bike series called WARS, W-O-R-S, and they offer races like all across Wisconsin. So like 
the most would be like a three to four hour drive. Mm. And we'll just kind of load the car and put the bikes on the bike rack and travel to those. But I have gone to California and Colorado for races. And I believe one time we flew and we like packaged our bikes in boxes and put them on the plane. But otherwise we drive everywhere. Okay. Interesting. California and Colorado. I'm imagining those are awesome places to bike, huh? They are. They have amazing trails. Yeah. Have you been? How do you find the trails? Do you just go biking now when you travel or do you mostly just do it through competition? We usually travel for racing. Okay. Although we drove out to California or Colorado and on our way back, we decided to hit some local trails. And you can usually ask like a local bike shop or there's this app called Trail Forks. And it kind of shows like the local trails and it can help you navigate them as well. And as the biking, you said stop at a local bike shop. We were out in South Dakota, North Dakota, sorry. And Mm -hmm. I find that those local bike shops are gems. They're little hidden gems of places to go. They're so awesome. And there's just usually such a cool community around it. So I love that you mentioned local bike shops. And what was the name of the app again, you said? Trail Forks. Cool. I'll put that in the show notes too. So people can know where to find that. My son, my husband actually. So you got my husband all jacked up about mountain biking. And so we, (laughs) a couple of years ago, kind of randomly actually went to Marquette, Michigan. And I didn't know that Marquette, Michigan has a pretty intense mountain biking trail system. And they do. Yeah. It's very technical in some parts. Yeah. And so I just like packed up the bikes like I said, my husband and my oldest son are into single truck racing. So they have gear and stuff like that. My daughter and my youngest son, I think my youngest son was like four at the time. And he tried mm-hmm. to like emulate the older. And I was like, oh, this isn't going to end go. <laughs> and it didn't. But that's OK. It was still Aww. an amazing experience. And I'm so glad we did it. And they want to go back and they love it. So I've had a couple of places in mind. I know you mentioned Colorado. I don't know if it's really mountain biking or single tracking, but I know Bentonville, Arkansas has been on my list of places that I've heard a lot of really awesome things about biking. So I don't know. I thought that was kind of interesting. Yeah, I think there was a pretty big mountain bike race actually in Arkansas okay. earlier this year. Do you go to mountain bike races just for fun? Like to watch? Yeah. Usually I like to be racing. <laughs> <laughs> I will always watch the races before or after me to cheer on my friends or teammates. That's awesome. Hey, we had talked earlier and you had said, you know, I was I was wondering, could people follow you or support you or like how could they get involved? If this is something and they're intrigued by it, what would be a way a family or a listener could take the next step? Like what would you suggest if they have a seven year old who's super interested in mountain biking or a 15 year old? It doesn't matter. What would be the first step to get engaged or to look for opportunities near them? Yeah, I it can always be kind of hard when you're first starting because you really don't know like where to go or what to look for. So I started with my local race series and I'm not sure because every state is different, right? Which kind of races they have and how often they have them. Usually in the Midwest, most people do the war series in Wisconsin that I talked about earlier. And I also got involved through my high school league. NICA is a great organization that actually offers high school mountain bike racing and they're in states all across the country. And it's really cool because I believe they start from sixth grade and they go all the way up to senior year of high school. So it's a broad range of riders and it's nice too because the trails are technical, but they're also easy enough that if you're just getting involved, you won't feel like it's too hard. 
Yeah, you mentioned that. And I looked it up. I'm going to put that in the show notes, too, because I also I have a feeling we have a couple mountain bikers that are going to emerge from this episode. Actually, I hope so. Yeah, we were looking into it. And my husband's like, ooh, <laughs> there's a local chapter. Mm-hmm. Great. <laughs> yeah. I guess from a funding perspective, is this an expensive sport or how did you kind of afford or fund or how do you continue to support your hobby slash habit slash adventure lifestyle? (laughs) Yeah, this can be a very expensive sport. Bikes can be very expensive and the equipment that comes with it and the travel expenses, it can be a lot. I started working at Wheel and Sprocket in Appleton when I was 14 years old and my brother worked there as well. So thankfully, we would be able to get our bikes through our employee discount. And then our parents have supported us in everything else since. And at the college level, I'm assuming a lot of that stuff is helpful, like they support you in some way, shape or form as well at the college level. Yeah. So at Marion, I'm on scholarship, not full, but they help out with school a lot. And then our team also pays for travel expenses, food, lodging, race fees, everything. So when we go for race weekend, like we don't have to spend anything. If someone wanted to just watch a race, how could they find the races? Like I'm thinking like a cool one at the college level. Is there a a calendar somewhere or a schedule somewhere that people could check? Yeah. So all of cycling in the U.S. is kind of ran by USA Cycling and their website is great. And actually we all have to have cycling licenses to race as well. So like that's where you get those. But USA Cycling has a calendar and you can even like look up any type of cycling event and put what state you're in and it'll show all the events that are coming up. Awesome. Is there anything else that you think listeners should know or if someone's interested in mountain biking or has a question, what would you suggest? Where would How could they follow up with you? Yeah, if anyone has like any particular questions, um, you can reach out to my social media, either Instagram, um, DM me. That's probably the best way to reach me. I don't really use anything else or email me as well. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. Katie, good luck. When does your season start? Um, Cyclocross started a few weeks ago. I just got done with the mountain bike season here a few weeks ago as well. So Cyclocross Nationals are in Chicago this year, I believe the 4th and 5th of December. I can send you the link from USA Cycling and it'll have like the event, like venue and everything. Yeah, so it's going to be a cold one. Very cool. Katie, it's been so much fun. I really appreciate you just jumping on and having a conversation with us and talking about mountain biking and cycling and cyclocross. It's so exciting. I learned a lot just in having the conversation. So thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. Take care and good luck with your season. Thank you. Thank you, Katie, and for sharing this fun adventure that you are on. We are all rooting for you. Good luck at Nationals. I have seven key takeaways from this episode. Number one, mountain biking trails are a good metaphor for life. The trail is rocky and rutted, and the only way you get through it is to pedal harder. Sometimes you just need to do the work and grind through the rough terrain. Number two, Sometimes we bond through our differences. As Katie mentioned, since there are very few females in mountain biking, the shared experience of purely being a female mountain biker is one that's worth bonding over. Katie also shared that through biking and engineering, most of her friends today are guys. Number three, moms. Sometimes the greatest adventure is allowing our kids to try something that scares us. 
I'm only emulating what I was feeling as she talked through her experience getting on a bike and going off into the woods for about an hour and a half. Number four, not all of our kids' adventures and passions will be driven by parents' experiences. In the McDickin family, the roles were reversed and the kids inspired the dad to race. Number five, if you are interested in learning more about mountain biking, in Wisconsin, there's the WARS, W-O-R-S, NICA, N-I-C-A, and U.S. Cycling, which are great resources to start exploring what's available. Number six, a hidden gem are locally owned bike shops. They often know the nuances of the trails and are hubs for the biking community. If you are traveling and interested in hitting some mountain bike trails, make sure to check out the local bike shops for some untouristy local insights as well. Number seven, if you're interested in learning more about mountain biking, cyclocross, or even explore racing or want to support Katie McDickin on her quest for the national title, you can follow Katie on her social media handles. If you're in the Chicagoland area this weekend, you may even want to just have some fun adventure watching a national cyclocross competition. All of the information is in the show notes. Whether or not mountain biking is your thing or not, I hope this episode exposes you to new opportunities and inspires you to explore what adventures are even available in your own backyard. I was pleasantly surprised to learn more about Mountain Biking Network and all of the things that were available in our neck of the woods. With that, hopefully this week you will find something new and adventurous to test your limits, to try something new, or just slow down and enjoy that the fact that there will be another adventure emerging. Until next time, keep on adventuring. If you found value from today's show, here are three easy ways you can support us. Subscribe to Ordinary Sherpa Podcast on the platform you're listening to. It lets the providers know that you're getting value from the show and want to be around when we release additional content. If you feel compelled, leave us a review. Two, find your friends, family, and others you think would enjoy this show and share this episode. Three, and most importantly, join the community of families interested in creating authentic experiences through simple adventures by going to OrdinarySherpa.com backslash community. We want to hear from you and create content that would benefit your family. Thanks for joining us on this journey as we help families connect through adventure.